Hello and uh, welcome to the next instalment of the Godfrey's Law Real Business Podcast. My name is Brad McDonald. Uh, I'm a partner here at Godfrey's Law and I'm today's host for the podcast. I'm joined uh, today by James Hobcraft, who's a member of the employment law team here at Godfrey's. Uh, James has a number of years' experience in uh, handling uh, sticky employment uh, disputes and negotiating uh, outcomes for his clients, uh, whether they be employers or employees. And on top of that, James is also a business owner in his own right, so he has a wealth of experience uh, with it upon which to uh, draw from uh, and offers uh, real-world practical uh, solutions and advice in a no-nonsense fashion. So welcome James, good to have you on the podcast today. Hi Brad, it's good to be here. Great. So today James, uh, the topic that I want to chat about with you um, is how do you deal with bad employees? Now that's uh, that's uh, potentially a very broad topic um, and is somewhat um, uh, limited in the scope of the, the, the question or um, seems limiting in the way it's phrased, how to deal with a bad employee, uh, yet it's something that you and I um, deal with uh, you know, day in, day out and I've done so for many years and uh, I guess the only thing uh, in this game that uh, keeps me on my toes still is I think I've seen it all and there will be another situation that comes along and uh, and I, then I really, really realise I haven't seen it at all. So, you know, there's, um, they say there's a saying there's nothing new under the sun uh, but I think when it comes to dealing with uh, bad employees or bad employee scenarios, you know, I'm continually surprised and amazed. Would you say that's a fair comment? I think so, yes. Every, every case is unique and, uh, and uh, they're so very often eye-opening scenarios that we are faced with. Mm. And there's always a left-field surprise that you uh, you could never have anticipated. <laughs> that's right. So, so I guess one of the things that James and I uh, do as part of our, our job as employment uh, law specialists and advisors to our clients, whether they be uh, employers or employees, is that we, um, we've we got to keep an open mind. I mean, we've, we've also got to keep our eye and mind on what uh, the law says, what the legal obligations are that are in play. But beyond that, uh, we've then got to come up with some real-world practical uh, advice for our clients uh, to help them manage and deal with bad employees. And quite frankly, uh, no one situation is the same from my experience. And uh, oftentimes these things can be very fraught. There is uh, usually no uh, no silver bullet, James. What do you think about that? No, there is no silver bullet. And uh, it's funny, while you've been talking, Brad, I think about how as New Zealanders, to a degree, we're conditioned to employee rights in, in mm. New Zealand. Yet uh, a lot of my foreign friends uh, are absolutely astonished and amazed at uh, employee rights and as business owners they frequently say to me how is it that I have to suffer this mm -hmm. uh, from from these bad employees why can I not just get rid of them mm. and, uh, and and that's where you must you must take a chill pill if you're <laughs> in that situation and <laughs> take a deep breath mm. Uh, mm. because uh, that would be the worst thing you could do is to just get rid of them in the, in the heat of the moment yeah look I, I, I agree and it's interesting I guess we you know New Zealand has very strong roots in the in the labor movement labor party movement uh, and and uh, unions and those sorts of things. So I think uh, you know historically that's where um, you know the I guess some people would term it the balance of employer versus employee rights. And I know um, that, that many people feel the pendulum has swung too far uh, in the employee's favour. And I guess that depends on uh, what, what colour your stripes are and, and what government's in power, perhaps, in terms of uh, what happens to the Employment Relations Act. Um, but aside from a those political footballs, um, you know, the Employment Rela Relations Act 2000 has been around uh, for, for 20 years now. So it's not, not a new piece of legislation. It should be relatively well understood. 
um, and that act, um, you know, obviously gives us uh, un employment lawyers and employers underpinnings of um, how to how to deal with these sorts of situations. So, James, what what, what is that what is that concept uh, that that we're, we've all got to uh, bear in our crosshairs when we, we approach a bad employee and their behaviour? I think the biggest obstacle that um, that all Yes, I would say all employers that I deal with who have a problem employee have almost inevitably reached a conclusion in their mind that I want this person gone. Mm -hmm. And that's a fatal position to adopt mm. because it clouds every single thing that you do. Yes. You must remain objective. You have to continue to remain objective. Even if they have brassed you right off, it's really critical to, to keep your mind as open as you possibly can. And that's actually a legal requirement, isn't it? And that's that good faith obligation, which is the underpinning of the Act, yes. which is both parties, so that's employers and employees. It's a two-way street. It's a dual carriageway. Uh, both parties must treat each other in good faith. What, is, what does good faith mean, James? Yes, well, it's interesting that it's a dual carriageway because when I visualise that, I think of um, sort of uh, a monstrous steam train running for the employer and a tiny caboose coming back for the employee because certainly uh, as, as an employer, your good faith conduct is going to be scrutinised to a far higher degree than the employee. Mm, mm, yeah, exactly, because I guess there's that, there's that immediate perception of disparity uh, of, of power yes. because of the respective positions in play. So I think, you know, uh, with, with good faith, I say to clients, because, you know, good faith as a concept can seem nebulous. What, what is that? What's the, what does it really mean? And I, I put it like this, and I mean, these many of these words are out of the act itself. You know, acting good faith, if you're an employer towards an employee in, in, in a situation where you have to deal with some bad behaviour or a real bad egg, is uh, being responsive and communicative. So what that means is you need to talk to the party concerned and put your concerns out there and listen to their responses to what you have to say to them. And uh, you have to do that in a fair and reasonable uh, way uh, and follow some form of a, a, a good faith process. So you just can't, um, you know, for example, uh, principles of natural justice need to be followed, for example. So if you've got some allegations, you just can't present the allegations as uh, being proven and then, you know, judge, jury and executioner and bang, you're gone. Can you? I think that that's exactly right. And um, the, the key piece of advice I would, I would give everybody facing this situation is try and remove your emotion. Um, anybody that's watched Star Trek Next Generation, you need to think like Commander Data. You've got to be totally emotionless because that's the only way that you're going to be able to fairly and properly investigate any perceived wrongdoing. Yeah. Too often I hear employers come in and say, look, they're a thief. Mm. Their staff mm. member's a thief. Uh, so you, they've already they've already reached the determination that that staff member's a thief. When in actual fact, what has happened when we drill down mm. is something's gone missing, mm. Mm. and the circumstances are such that that particular employee happened to be in charge of that that item or or on the scene at the time, and then there's this um, this conclusion that's drawn without proper investigation, and that's where these things start to go wrong. Right. So I guess what I take from that, James, is you're saying predetermining an outcome from the outset is not evidence of good faith. Oh, it's a total failure. <laughs> mm. total and, and, failure. and you will lose. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and there is a, a, a provision in the act of, you know, dealing in, in bad faith as opposed to good faith. And that, that could open an employer to a penalty action at the suit of either a Labour inspector or the uh, suit of the Employment Relations Authority.
I, I just want to take a pause there because what what springs to my mind um, that, that you are stressing, and I, I see you're stressing out for good reason, is what I call the knee-jerk reaction. Is that you know something's gone missing? For example, the employer you know calls calls you up, and calls one of us up or someone on the team, and says so and so stolen this, and, and you know the first thing I say is right, breathe through your nose. Don't do another damn thing uh, before you get in to see me and bring me everything you've got and so we can talk about this and go through this carefully together and understand, you know, the, the I guess the factual nexus, uh, the matrix, uh, what, what are we looking at and what have you done to date? Um, but, but because, boy, uh, these people hot under the collar and something goes wrong, and rightly so. I mean, you know, you and I both know what it takes to run a business, how hard and challenging that is, and how hard and challenging... Uh, challenging staff misconduct or behaviour can be to manage and deal with and usually it can be the straw that breaks the camel, camel's back employers blow up they see red and they go charging off like a like a raging bull and that's where real problems start yes i think employers uh, are, are quite eager to jump on the serious misconduct list um, as, a, as a quick way to get rid of this person oh that that amounts to serious misconduct you're gone mm. and uh, and that is just not so unless it has blatantly happened right in front of you where they've assaulted another fellow staff member mm. um, and you've actually witnessed it with your own eyes not that a camera saw them come on and then a few minutes later somebody got hurt so it must have been them you mm. really i don't think you can rely on that list to just unilaterally and summarily dismiss somebody mm. yes and, and look i i tell <clears throat> clients uh, you know, because I'm aware, aware there's, there's actual real case law out there in New Zealand that even where uh, an employee has assaulted another employee in front of the boss, that and that that uh, that uh, offending employee has been you know sacked on the spot, summarily dismissed for serious misconduct. Uh, it's been held to be unjustified. So you know there there is there is no surefire home run, uh, you know serious misconduct uh, instance, and they, well I often see a lot of that from employers. They they they, they want advice and confirmation and reassurance from us that what this person allegedly has done is enough just to send them down the river and that's it and, and, and never the train shall meet again never never shall there be a pg and unfortunately it's not that simple one of the things that i often see where employers really get themselves into hot water with employees is when you've got a, a for want of a better term in terms of today's podcast title how to deal with a bad employee and bad you know uh, brings up all sorts of uh, conjures up all sorts of connotations Bad can mean many different things to many different people. And what I often find is that bad it means a mixture of performance concerns and issues, you know, that are poorly performing employee, and also some misconduct issues. So they've actually infringed or offended against the, you know, the policies of the workplace or the rules in the employment agreement or um, you know, may have stolen something or hit someone. Or that's misconduct. You know, being crap at your job is performance and often the two are muddled together. What, what do you have to say about that and what do you sort of see there, James? You... Um, just on, on that, I think one thing I, I notice a lot is that employers will categorise behaviours, mm -hmm. um, such as such as you, you've just said, and they might have miscategorised them. But furthermore, there's often a very bad employment contract underneath all of this. Right. We end up asking the employer to, to bring in the employment contract, and some, I've seen some appalling, appalling documents. <laughs> and it makes it so much harder to try and make an allegation um, of misconduct because there's no there's no supporting foundation for what is misconduct yes right, uh, right. 
And and the other problem that that I think is worth mentioning in this context is is the urgency. Mm. I often find employers. Uh, urgently yeah. need to get rid of this person they just want them gone and that is the the, the beginning of trouble right there yes. uh, if, if you if you don't follow some proper processes mm. uh, and take your time and do a thorough job it's almost inevitable that what follows is a personal grievance claim yes so I think some so, some sort of you know because the, the you know we started today with the question how to deal with a bad employee and of course in the time available today on the podcast we, we can't traverse every potential scenario but I think we can probably glean uh, some less lessons for our uh, listeners um, and I guess my my takeaways based on what we've discussed so far is uh, you know stop and breathe through your nose when something goes down. Uh, you know, uh, don't react immediately. Don't need your reaction. They're, they're, they're always invariably dangerous, and um, you know, end up with uh, us being the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, picking up the pieces, which is usually expensive. Breathe through your nose. Um, go away and uh, you know, think on it. Pick up the phone and call a professional advisor, an employment advisor. Get some advice, even if it's just initial advice. Uh, and, and even if you don't go down that route, you know, take a look at your agreement first of all before you, you, you make any decisions as to what the next step might be. Don't form any predetermined views on, on outcome. And for Christ's sake, don't, don't uh, rush this um, process and be hell-bent on getting it over and done with in a night because they're all surefire ways that are going to end up in tens of thousands of dollars uh, worth of uh, you know, awards against you potentially in authority. So that, that are some of the takeaways for me. How about yourself, James? Uh, d- definitely, absolutely, all of those uh, takeaways. And another thing uh, that you should do is if there is a problem, and you think there is a problem, start gathering evidence. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you had a video clip that you saw somebody taking some money from the till, um, don't think I'll find it later because the DVR will overwrite and you'll lose that. <laughs> uh, capture that stuff. Yes. Don't make allegations based on it. Just start assembling a file of those incidents, mm. the text messages, the file note of the stuff that we're missing that day when that person had control of it, so that you can yes. you can you can ask them about it rather than than just saying you've done this and, and you're gone mm. so and that can be a very nice way to start sort of calming yourself a wee bit as well to, to focus on the yes. evidence gathering process rather than the the booting the troubled employee out right okay so so i think really what we're saying there is that, is that you've got to shift your focus and i think you know is um you know we're, we're all human and uh, as humans we have natural human instincts and often uh, our instincts in these scenarios where something uh, goes wrong or pushes our, our buttons or is serious and you know it was is, is, is tempting to fly off the handle uh, and to react um, you know and, and usually um, decisions made under high emotion uh, usually come back to haunt us um, but uh, so it really requires a bit of a uh, cool calm rational mind and, and so there's some good tips there to refocus I guess that angst and anger and uh, seeing read into some practical steps you can take before you, you look to go any further. I think that's very sound advice. And uh, another thing I just wanted to mention in passing uh, is that I have seen over the last few weeks uh, bad employees, uh, given that that's the term of the day, mm. uh, in, in low-wage, casual-type uh, roles running off to make complaints to the Department of Labour, to the Labour Inspectorate, which is operated by MB, Ministry of Business Innovation and Employment. And what I've seen employers getting is uh, 
Well, I, I would call them knee-jerk uh, reactions. <laughs> the Labor inspectors are receiving these complaints from these low-wage uh, employees who are troublesome, mm. and they are immediately communicating with the employers and telling them what's what. Uh, if you've received any kind of communication like that, you need to take some advice because labour inspectors aren't lawyers and they uh, they don't always get it right. Mm. Mm, yeah, well, it's really good uh, practical advice for these times we're in at the moment. And I think, you know, um, you know perhaps... Um, Somewhat uh, incendiary using the uh, the opening title, how to deal with bad employees. Of course, not all employees are bad, and some employees start out good and then go bad um, for various reasons. And look, quite frankly, sometimes, and this is not a, um, a beat-up session on employers by any stretch, because we're trying to help you uh, with the uh, with what we're discussing today. But you know, sometimes um, employees become bad because they've been poorly managed. Uh, behaviours have been allowed to develop over time, uh, left, and they've been left unchecked. And you know what what starts at a small, uh, you know, suddenly or slowly becomes annoying, and then becomes a big issue and boils over and blows up. So you know, I guess what I'm saying is going back to this concept of good faith. Is in all of these scenarios, employers have got to take a good hard look at their own. Uh, responsibility uh, of any in, in, in these scenarios to say well look at the end of the day does the blame rest solely with the employee concerned or do I have some responsibility what, what's been my part in this have I allowed this um, dangerous situation to boil over and not stepped in where I could have averted uh, this coming to a head uh, or is this truly coming out of the blue and this person is just a bad egg and they've, they've done something so reprehensible that you know we need to treat this really seriously and of course those situations exist and they, they happen regularly um, but sometimes these bad employees are a slow burn um, so you've got you've got to take a good hard look at your own actions and this is, and this is where I'm, uh, taking advice is important because if you end up before the Employment Relations Authority uh, they will take a good hard look at the way you've acted in this situation, uh, whether you've acted in good faith and whether you've contributed to the situation uh, uh, that the parties, you know, eventually found themselves in. So, you know, you, you've got to be careful. Not everyone's Snow White. Yes, and I think that uh, the, it's it's a human nature thing to 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 maximise your position or take advantage of, of, of things. It's uh, varying degrees and different people, but if as an employer you have created a laissez-faire kind of work environment where where people are able to have a beer at four o'clock, that'll quickly sneak to three o'clock unless you uh, keep some rules and procedures and policies mm. uh, in place and, and uh, toolbox meetings and things for, for tradespeople. They're, they're healthy things. Uh, mm. If for, for no other purpose than to remind people of what is is not acceptable yeah look that's a really good point and i think that's probably a good point for us to, to wrap up on is the importance of really good documentation and what i mean by that is good policies and procedures uh, well, uh, a good employment agreement written employment agreements and, and you know i i say good and i should actually take a step back and say policies and procedures and employment agreements because oftentimes we still see 20 years down the track from the employment relations act coming into force employers who don't have employees on written employment agreements and it may sound like i'm diverging uh, off topic but as james uh, said earlier in this uh, podcast session that uh, having an agreement that that spells out the categories of misconduct whether it be uh, general misconduct or serious misconduct is really helpful for you as an employer when, when tackling these sorts of issues um, and if you don't have anything in place well you're stuffed from the get-go mm. and and so look a lot of employers now do have written employment agreements which is great 
uh, they, they are living documents, they need to be reviewed regularly um, because the times change and, 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 and they don't always keep a pace and that can be dangerous. But it still amazes me how many employers don't have any policies and procedures, James. And I think that's a real, I think it's really low-hanging fruit for employers that they can really improve their position if they took some time to, to implement some. Totally agree. I, I see it with sort of small shopkeepers um, or one-man band type businesses where they get somebody on board to help them. A carpet layer who needs a couple of guys, you know, mm. and too too excited about getting the work of the day done yes. to spend time on um, administration stuff that's not producing money. Well, as Brad said, if, if you don't have an, a written employment agreement, well, you, you've almost lost before you've started uh, when you want to get rid of somebody. So mm. if you can't afford advice, if, if you can't afford to come and take proper advice and get a customised contract for your situation, there are some online resources. Employment New Zealand does have some default template contracts. They're not really good to use. You should have something customised to your situation, but if the alternative is, is having nothing, um, then go and at least get a template. Mm. Um, and get, get some reading done about some simple policy manuals you can have, even if it's a one-page document that just explains the good and the bad and the, the do's and the don'ts, even that's better mm. than nothing. So yeah. start there, at least you've got a foundation and you can work on improving it. Yeah. Um, and the last comment I'll make is that uh, I almost always prefer to be representing an employee at the ERA. I don't know about <laughs> you, Brad, but employers have got an uphill battle all the way. Uh, sure there. do. So you want to try to avoid uh, being an employer at the ERA. Yeah. Thanks, James. Yeah, look, I, 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 I echo that sentiment um, that it's hard uh, to defend employers um, because often there are a number of mistakes that could have been avoided uh, and, and, and by that stage it's too late and you, you can't fix those. You can try and minimise them and, and handle the fallout. But I think it's the old adage of failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And a key component is outlining your expectations with your employees from the outset, having those written and clear, uh, clearly displayed, clearly understood and clearly uh, policed. Um, Yes, introducing new rules halfway through the game was never approved by anyone as a child. <laughs> no, no. And, and so I, get, I think in closing, you know, if, if, if you've done the, done the legwork at the outset, put these things in place and, and you've lived up to them and you've, ne you've let known what your standards and expectations and values are in your business, that'll stand you in good stead when you come to deal with a bad employee. So look, thank you very much, James, today for your insight and input. My pleasure. Yep. And uh, this has uh, been another podcast from the Godfrey's Law Real Business podcast uh, series. So we hope you found something useful today. And if you'd like to chat further about how to deal with uh, any bad employees, feel free to give James or myself a call and we'd be happy to have a chat. Take care out there. Cheers. See ya.